0: eftm
1: tech cars lifestyle this is the eftm podcast with Trevor Long.
0: eftm
1: g'day g'day great to have your company good to be with you on the eftm podcast if you're listening directly on the eftm feed thanks for joining me and uh love to have your rating and review if you've got the time on the apple podcast app if you're listening on any other app it's just lovely to have your company if you're listening through the two blokes talking tech feed. It's uh, wonderful to be have another show right here on your device just for another day of the week. It's what we do, keep you entertained all throughout the week. Um, and this show um, is all about helping and talk back technology, as I like to call it, um, where people who have questions or comments or problems about technology can get in touch anytime and uh, send me an email via the website, EFTM.com, uh, or if you've got the. Uh, The Android app, you can just click Ask Trev within the app and boom, send me an email. Very easy to do Um, and happy to help and we'll get you on the show and try and, well, problem solve. If not, help you find the thing that you need to buy. That's what we do here at EFTM as well as a bunch of obviously tech cars and lifestyle tech um, coverage of all the latest and greatest gadgets on EFTM.com. Welcome your input into anything we do and all the, the fun things we cover. I want to talk Peloton today. Definitely going to talk about Facebook, might even talk about electric cars. Uh, There is a lot to get through and um, there's still more news to to break this week, shall we say. So lots of tech coming out this week and uh, a good week to keep your eye on the website eftm.com or via the app, just download EFTM on Google Play or the Apple App Store and turn on your notifications so you get notified each and every time we publish an article right here at EFTM. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast.
2: EFTM Podcast.
1: So, I have to start by talking about a story that kind of broke yesterday afternoon, Monday. It's a bit more, um, you know, high level than anything else, but I just need to give some opinion on it. Um, And it relates to Facebook. Now, I've had a love-hate relationship with Facebook um, for some time. Um, The thing is, They've, uh, they've lost a federal court appeal. Now, do you remember the Cambridge Analytica scandal? This is going back like years now. There was 53 people in Australia used to think called, this is your digital life. It was an app on Facebook. But because that app was a data gathering app, it was able to harvest the data of over 311,000 Australians. So basically, or people that were connected to those original 53 Australians. So that was a huge breach of privacy, data rules, all those kind of things. And it took a while, but the Office of the Information Commissioner took action against Facebook. And Facebook Island, because you know these companies operate in weird kind of structures and schemes, um, over those uh, breaches of privacy law. So that's good. It's, uh, you know, it's a breach of privacy law. That's what you need to do. However... <laughs> this is honestly some of the best ever. Facebook appealed this kind of action. So not there's no outcome yet. This is this is us trying to sue Facebook for what they did. Facebook went to federal court, I guess, and I'm not a court officer person here, so you know, I'm skirting around the edges. I don't know how it all works. Um they went and said, "Look, our you can't sue us. Get this. Now this you have to be sitting down. If you're not sitting down, sit down. Facebook said you can't sue us, Australian government, because we, <laughs> this is broadly their term. Facebook neither conducts business nor collects personal information in the country. Can you can you believe they went to court with that? They literally tried to argue that because the cookies, the little digital files that are you know installed on or stored on your computer are issued by a data centre in Ireland or anywhere else other than Australia, that they don't operate here. So because they don't have data centres in Australia, because the Facebook itself, the pictures on the screen, the, the information we share aren't stored in data centres in Australia, they don't operate here. Now... Let's just leave aside the fact that they've got offices in Barangaroo. Um, they've got probably hundreds of staff here in Australia and they collect millions of dollars probably a day in advertising revenue here in Australia. But no, they don't operate here. Now, I get that I'm oversimplifying a, a legal case and this legal case was specifically related to the data Breaches of Cambridge Analytica, but I just think this indicates. And by the way, the federal court said, "Chewy on your boot, see you later." Um, They actually said, "They actually said that they couldn't be more um, divorced from reality." That's what a federal court judge said. The full bench of the federal court throughout the argument yesterday describing parts of Facebook's case as divorced from reality. It's brilliant, and and here's my thing. I, I know that the people certainly who work here at Facebook in Australia are just doing their jobs, trying to get the world to run and you know keep things happening and launch new products. And I know that's all the engineers in in San Francisco or San Jose or wherever the hell they are, um, Palo Alto, wherever Facebook people work, they're just trying to build Facebook. Now, is there some evil genius at the head of it all? I don't know. Do they really believe in, you know, stealing data? No, it's none of that. But here's the thing. Their lawyers looked at this and went, so rather than sitting down with them and saying, how could we work this out, folks? How could we, Facebook, sit down with you, essentially the Australian government, and say, listen, we we know he stuffed up. It wasn't right. Well, what should we do here? They went, oh, well, this is stupid. We don't operate in Australia. We're going to... We're going to appeal their ability to sue us. Now, I mean, what do you think that's going to do to an Australian government? It's going to make them go, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we will. I just think it's tone deaf by a company who is constantly under so much scrutiny for them to argue against the fundamentals of their business practices in Australia. And I think my advice to Facebook is don't do stupid stuff like this. When, when you're thinking about taking legal action think about how it looks to the general public when you're saying we don't operate in Australia uh, yeah you do especially the there'd be tens of thousands of people who've pressed that boost button and actually spent money on a page or a business page that they own to actually you know boost a post on Facebook uh, that's operating in Australia. And I know they're two separate things, the the installing of the cookies and the the ad revenue, but it's the same company. It's Meta, Facebook. This is a tone-deaf company, blind to their own stupidity. It's hilarious. Why would you fight against... Why would you fight? They should be working out how to settle. It's amazing. So basically... The federal court is. This is good though because Facebook tried to say, "Look, what happens with the data centers and the digital signals is it's like sending a letter from Australia from overseas to Australia." Um, and the company said, "Which, which might that letter might prompt the reader to do something that had an economic impact." The company, this is quoting the Guardian, said that could never be construed as the sender having conducted business in Australia. However, the federal court said. The problems with this submission are, first, that it proves far too much, and secondly, that it is, with respect, divorced from reality. The court said it proves too much because it has the consequence that no computer-based activity in one jurisdiction can ever amount to more than an effect in computers located in another, which is great. That's essentially, you know, in legal terms, that's a precedent. It means that you know, the actions of data centres overseas impacting upon Australians is, is real. Anyway, I'm blown away by how funny it is to think that Facebook would even argue this. Just seriously, folks, just pay some money. Just settle because you did wrong badly, real bad, like super bad. So just pay some money. Taking your calls, I've got a tech question. Go to the website uh, eftm.com. Let me know what's on your mind. G'day, Michael. Good Trevor, how are you, mate? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: Mate, um, I'm looking at uh, getting some wireless eBuds. Use it at the difference between, I guess, more entry level. Um, you know, I want to spend anywhere between the 150, maybe the 200 mark. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's so many different specs. I'm an Android user as well. So, yeah, I'm just trying to find the best solution.
1: And you're looking for true wireless, so just little in buds? Yeah, that's correct. So, I mean, I think let's. it's a good question because for $24 at JB's, you can get a set of XCDs, whatever they are, right? And right. you know what? They've got ones that are just dead set Apple AirPod ripoffs. They look like AirPods. They've got ones that look like Jabra ripoffs to me. But, you know, they're, yeah. um, they're doing their best they can, right? When you put those in, um, a couple of things happen. Um, normally, they need to be paired separately and then joined together. It's, like, it's not a seamless process to pair them. Secondly, yeah. the sound is really thin. Um, the call quality is horrible. So, you know, you, that's what you're compromising is the setup process, the ease of reconnection, uh, call quality, and audio quality, obviously. When you start, the number, I guess the price I would start at in terms of recommending to people is certainly around $100. Um, and there's some brands there I've heard of, some that I haven't, you know, Blue Ant, Urbanista, JBL have their Tune 115s. I've, I've listened to those. They sound great. Mm. Um, if you really want to start to hear great sound quality, I think the best bargain that exists today is the Jabra Elite 3s. They're $119. Okay. I'd be amazed if you weren't blown away by them. Just great sound quality, good app, easy pairing. So that's, that's the first ones I'd recommend you think about. And the problem with these things, you can't go and try them all, can you? You just, you know, you're going to be reading a bit about these. So Jabra Elite 3. Have a read about yeah. those. they're pretty sensational in terms of what you get for them. Um, I think Sony's right. Sony's got a few in that um, low $100 price range. Um, mm. the I'm wondering nowadays how much the uh, the JBL live Pro pluses are they I bought them just before Christmas for 178. I think it was they were <laughs> normally 250 and I'm like oh my god that's a crazy good price So maybe they're only on discount there but if you can find the live Pro plus, I got a tweet. The actually they're two fifty. They're still at JB's at two fifty. Okay. But search around because they were at one seventy eight before Christmas. So maybe there's deals mm. out there. I put these things in for the first time on a plane going to CES, and holy crap, they were excellent yeah. noise cancelling. Like I was blown away by the noise okay. cancelling, and they're very good quality sound. So JBL Live Pro Plus is probably the top end of your budget, um, and and wouldn't disappoint. There's plenty of Jabras in there as well. Um, so yeah, I think that. JBL, um, Jabra, oh, I mean, if you're a Samsung man, don't discount the Samsung Galaxy Buds. They're bloody good headphones. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah and, know, they, they're they they're, they're been, a couple of hundred. Yeah. They're
1: just a touch on the high yeah. end of your budget. That's
3: all. Right. And does the the ones you touched on before, the, the Jabra Elite 3, do they also have the noise cancelling?
1: No, the Elite 3s don't have noise cancelling. At this price, no. you're not going to get yeah. noise cancelling. Those um, JBL... Uh, live Pro Pluses uh, at yeah. two fifty. That's your entry level for noise cancelling. There's probably some others that say they've got it, but yeah, uh, it's you know it's pretty minimal. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah, And you know okay. the other thing about noise cancelling is w- when do you want to use noise cancelling?
3: Uh, so there'll be well now travels back on for work. There's going to be a bit of that going on. So so yeah, on a plane, flights, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if you, as long as you're talking planes, it's just funny how many people ask me about noise cancelling. And they just think it's going to block out the world, like their kids and stuff. I'm like, it won't. It doesn't block out a plane. It just neutralizes a kind of white noise. Yeah. But, you know, the bottom line is, I just want to make sure you're clear on that. If you want, yeah. like Bose and Sony do the best noise cancelling. But I'm telling you, those JBL Live Pro Pluses, mm. unbelievable for the value.
3: Nice. Because I'm using, at uh, the moment I've got like uh, the wireless uh, Sennheiser 550X. They're an older model. Yeah. And they were they great. Bigger, bulky but, things yeah. too. Yeah. And they were great, you know, for the last few years, and served a purpose. But yeah, now wanting to go something a little bit easier to to manage on and off. And, the in the, the benefit
1: and the benefit of the JBLs is the definitely the music quality and noise canceling quality tick tick. Uh, the benefit yep. of those Jabra's is price. My God, for 120 bucks, yeah. crazy, and they're tiny too. They're very much very okay. much in ear. They don't have the stalk. Um, right. And I okay. would think they're probably even cheaper now because there's a there's an Elite Four coming out. Four. And I, okay. pff, I don't remember signing a document, so stuff them. But I've been using the Elite <laughs> 4s. They're very good. Um, right. I don't know when they're available, <laughs> what the price they're going to yeah. be. But I've been listening yeah. to them for, for a few weeks. So they're very good. But, but, but again, if the Elite 3s are in the price range, I'd get them because they were great. I, I remember opening them and going, holy, these are so yeah. light. They're very lightweight. I remember putting them in and going, wow, that's really lightweight. And that was my and- first thought.
3: Between the Elite 3s then and the Pro Plus, while you're talking to somebody on the phone, do you, do you feel much of a difference between you're not having to concentrate as much trying to listen or there's any disturbance with when you're talking back to them?
1: You know, the, the ability for the Live Pro Plus is to block out a bit of noise around you is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. I would, if you haven't watched it, I did do a video at the end of last year on YouTube on the EFTM channel where I uh, recorded the other end of a phone call from me mm. wearing headphones. I think I did 15 yep. different sets of headphones off the top of my head. Okay. I don't know if the elite threes were in there or they were the sevens, but there were some jabbers. But mm. it's fascinating to listen to the quality of audio on the other end. How do people mm. hear you on the other end? Yeah. So have a listen to yeah. those. Okay, we will do. Perfect. All right, mate. Good luck. Enjoy. You've been amazing. Happy Thanks, shopping. Mate. All Cheers, the best. mate. And if you've got a question uh, you want me to help you shop, a bit of help. EFTM.com EFTM This is the EFTM Podcast EFTM Podcast Alright, let's get things underway and take your calls If you've got a tech question, go to the website EFTM.com Any question, doesn't matter what it is No, question is too silly A lot of people think I've got a stupid question But the thing is, everyone else is thinking the same thing And you just don't know it uh, Greg's on the line, g'day Greg Yeah,
2: Good g'day
1: uh, How are you? Good buddy, what can I do for you?
2: Uh, well, it's something that's just only happened recently. I've got a Chromecast, and for some reason, the Chromecast keeps being in- interrupted when I'm using my mobile. Um, oh. I went and uh, did it on the um, uh, laptop, and everything works fine.
1: So, hang on. And so, that, when you say you, you did it on your laptop, so you're, not, you're you're talking about is when you're casting from your mobile? Yep. Um, YouTube,
2: let, what what sort of thing are we watching? YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Okay, and I've, yeah, because like I say, I've got a dumb TV. That's so fair I'm enough. Using yeah. A Chromecast. cast, <clears throat> and um, just all of a sudden, a sudden about every four or five minutes, um, the cast disappears, goes to just the you know the um, um,
1: <coughs> the cut the picture,
2: the picture, and then as soon as I go re uh, hit the cast button, it, it works. Comes back straight away.
1: And what 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 happens on your laptop when you do the same thing?
2: Nothing. It never. It just goes goes for because a lot of a lot of times you've got maybe five or six items in a queue, and uh, yeah, it just it runs it goes, runs to the queue and just goes goes for half an hour or an hour. Or and what hour, sort of phone like. have you got, mate? Uh, Motorola, an old E 4 So, I've, I I've mean, also,
1: the thing here is, it's not the Chromecast, it's not your internet, because it works on your laptop.
2: So that's what I thought it'd be the phone.
1: Mm. That's right. There's something about the way, what the phone is doing. So it's a weird thing though because Chromecast takes over the connection. You actually, in many cases, you should be able to just turn your phone off because once you initiate a cast, it's actually telling the Chromecast where to get the information from. But I don't do a lot of YouTube casting, so maybe there's a difference there where it constantly is going back to the phone for that information. Um, Have you got, like, how old is the phone? Is it got the latest version of the YouTube app on it or anything like that that might be causing oh, yeah, injury?
2: Yeah, I've uploaded all the apps, and oddly enough, I've got a second phone, and mm-hmm. i tried it on that, and the same thing happens on the phone.
1: What's the second phone? What sort?
2: I, uh, it's a no, it's, uh, fairly cheap alcohol.
1: So I guess my so it's concern... It's only new. Yeah, so it's, it's a new... But what operating system is it running? That's, I'm wondering running, whether they've done running. something with Android... Because that's that's the common denominator here, right? It's not,
2: not it's just, yeah it's on the phone. Something
1: to do with Androids—the only common denominator. So then we look at the version of Android, and we wonder whether. So basically, the Chromecast has the ability to do software updates, so it's probably updated itself over the years and got some new features and capabilities. But yep. maybe your phones aren't at the same level, and unfortunately, Android phones get bugger all software updates. And
2: yeah, well, the Apple is running Go. Yeah, and the Motorola the motor is just running, I think, seven point one one.
1: Look, I mean, seven point one one's now quite old. You're talking about a four or five year old um, OS there. Go is made to be, you know, light and basic. But yeah. I would have thought that it would still work okay. I just, I'm reluctant to say to you that you should get a new Chromecast because.
2: Well, I did actually. That's that's the first thing I did. I right. like I ran a, a couple of had a look at a couple of posts, and they're saying, oh, they only get two or three years out of them. So I went and bought another one, but it didn't make any difference. So now I've got two. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. But both, is it no exactly stuff. the same style one?
2: Exactly, yep. So, That's Chrome is free.
1: Where did you get it from?
2: Well, the, the one I bought yesterday from Office Works and the one I, the original, original one a couple of years ago from Kmart.
1: How much did you pay a couple of days ago?
2: Fifty two ninety eight. Go and
1: take it back and ask for a Chromecast with Google TV. Oh. So the, so the Chromecast you have, Well, I mean, it's it, it's such a cool idea, right? It's such a cool concept. It's a dongle in the back of your TV that does nothing unless you've got another device to control it, like your laptop or your phone, right? Yeah. It, yep. it, it, it will do nothing other than display those beautiful photos of Google Pictures until you do something with another device. Whereas for $99, you can buy the Chromecast with Google TV It's a very different device, and it must be specifically called Chromecast with Google TV, okay? And you'll know what it is because on the front of the box, you'll see the Chromecast and a remote control.
2: Ah, yes, I saw that on the (coughs) pictures, yep.
1: That's the one you want, my friend, because, let me tell you this, Greg, you plug that in, you set it up the same kind of way. And yes, you can still send from your phone, but why you would ever do that, I don't know, because YouTube is an app. On the device, you can install Netflix, Stan, Disney Plus. You can install apps on the Chromecast and use the remote control to control it.
2: Right, so really, Chromecast is outdated.
1: Correct. The the style right. that you have is is now outdated to the point where I, I mean, for the forty dollar difference, it's madness to buy the old one.
2: No, no, especially if they're, like I say, they're independent like that. Greg, let me tell
1: you, I'm almost certain that when you you take that back, get your money back, or if they've got the the $99 one there, swap it over, pay the difference. I'm almost convinced that within a week you will get back in touch with me and say, oh my God, where has this been all my life?
2: Well, I definitely will.
1: Because, mate, I'm telling you, it's one of the coolest gadgets you can buy because that TV you've got, what sort is it? Uh, It's a Sharp. And so that's got to be, what, seven, eight years old now? Yeah, easy. Easy. Yep. Mate, that TV, as long as it stays in good, you know, working and turn it on and off, that'll yep. last you another five years with this Chromecast. Yep. And you'll have all the apps. Yeah. All right?
2: Right-o. well. Thank Chromecast
1: you with Google TV. That's the, the critical difference, all right? Gotcha.
2: Yep, yep. All right, Greg. No, I love I reckon, it.
1: You're, the, it. I reckon you're the first person in... It's got to be a year that's given yeah. me a landline phone number, champ.
2: Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes the, my phones, has I've, been, I've had trouble with my phones as well lately. But Fair it's enough. A, it's still a, a bit old-fashioned.
1: Hanging on to that landline, buddy. Good on you.
2: Appreciate your time, sir. Cheers,
1: mate. Any time. And if you get a question, just like Greg, you can go to the website, eftm.com. Happy to help. Um, you know, sometimes, like, it's fascinating sometimes to see behind the scenes here, because Greg had a lot of questions about Wi-Fi and NBN routers and all these amazing questions about Wi-Fi. But actually, his problem is not at all Wi-Fi. His problem is probably something to do with Android. But the solution is not to buy, a, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of new modem or router or anything. It's a, it's a $99 gadget, which I'm confident will absolutely blow his mind. Look, I don't think I've ever been more out of my depth. I'll be honest. Um... I'm a lucky guy. got a cool job. Um, you know, Samsung sent me a $10,000 TV. They set it up on my desk here at the office and they let me watch it for a while. It's great. Then they take it back. They box it up. They do their thing. Porsche let me drive a $400,000 Taycan Cross Turismo right now. It's great. And It'll go back in a week. But this week, um, something was delivered that I have now for three months and I could not be more out of my depth and, folks... I think I made a mistake by agreeing to it. Uh, it's a Peloton. Now, just looking at their website, uh, what they've sent me appears to be the ultimate pack. It's about $4,500 worth of stuff. It's a bike, big screen, some dumbbells, some weights, uh, some special shoes you definitely can't walk on, a mat, some foam thingy-me-jiggities. Um, but I have set it up. I have cycled for three minutes and gone. Okay, I go get it now, and I understand what I need to do. But I'd love to hear from anyone that does this, so I can understand the mentality of it, where it fits into your day. Is this a first thing in the day, last thing in the day, middle of the day thing? Because like we've got a treadmill at home. My wife uses that pretty much every day because you know sometimes the weather's rubbish outside, right? You don't want to go for a walk. I need to exercise, I know that, I'm, that's a f- full awareness there, I've got mirrors, um, but I've never been a cyclist, I need to know how to get comfortable on it, because the very short cycle I did was, I had a sore bum straight afterwards, it's like a very small seat, can't we make, why can't we make a racing seat to sit it in, I don't understand why bike seats are so small, that doesn't make sense to me, um, why is the peloton not allowed, to just use normal shoes? Why have you got to buy special shoes? And they sent me those. They come in the ultimate pack, right? You got to clip in. I'm you know, like, I'm in the Tour de France. Um, but it's cool. I did this thing where this, there's this trainer and she's there. It's a video training. It's like Apple Fitness, but, you know, on a bike. And it's, you know, built from the ground up for the bike. And it's it's quite similar, in fact. And I can see now that's where Apple Fitness got their inspiration from. You know, it's a, it's a coach for you. And all the data, like she's talking about you've got to be this cadence and you've got to be at this resistance, and that appears on the screen um, so that you can adjust it and make sure that you're actually doing the right thing. It's very, very smart. This is a super intense system, and I can understand how a cheap exercise bike linked with a, you know, just an on screen thing doesn't give you the same amount of feedback. This is the ultimate, I guess. What do I need to look at? Now, there's some things coming I can't talk about, but just in a Peloton experience. What do I need to look at? Stop laughing. Just help me understand. If you've used one, if you own one, if you've seen them, what do you think? Where am I at? What do I do? How do I manage this? Because I, I, I do, I do want to give it a crack. Maybe not every day, but maybe every couple of days I could go for a little ride. Um, I don't know. I just I don't know how to get comfortable on it. That's the. Mo- it does look nice though. Jesus, it's a beautiful, beautiful machine. Um, and you can again, you can see the value in it. You can actually see the, you know, value that's gone into the physical product. It's kind of like unboxing an Apple product. You know, the whole experience is, is quality. This is no cheap Kmart thing. So yeah, I'd love your feedback, folks. If you're a Peloton user or you've used something similar, let me know. Keen to hear what you think. This
2: is the EFTM podcast. EFTN.
1: Trevor Long, taking your calls. I've got a tech question. Go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, Gareth. Hi, Trevor. What can I do for you, mate?
4: I'm looking for an application for um, Apple Mac for um, my parents' um, photo album on their computer. Um, looking for um, the ability to um, filter duplicates.
1: Mm. When you say photo album, uh, they're, are they using Mac photos or have they just got a bunch of photos in a folder?
4: Um. I- I think it's more the um, the Photos app that's um, yeah. native to the um, yeah. Apple computer. Um, but I think there may be photos, you know, sort of in various folders that mm. they might not even know about.
1: Yeah, right. Mate, honestly, I don't think a good one exists. And and all the ones you see, I see internet ads for them, you know. It's like this amazing mm. photo. Photo stick is the one that's the, that comes to mind. And it does do a job, but I just don't believe it's as revolutionary as the ads make out. Um, Sure. Are they absolute duplicate photos or are they just, you know, a couple of photos that look the same because they were taken on the same day? (laughs)
4: Um, I think there's definitely um, a lot of duplicates because what's happened over time is um, they've taken it off various devices like Uh from this phone and that phone. And when they've, instead of sort of determining which ones – are old and new, or which ones are already there? They yep. just sort of copied the whole thing over, and yep. um, and I've gone through the um, the actual um, folders where they're stored, rather than trying to look at them manually. Mm. And um, and I've gone there because they're not all in um, orders in those no. folders. You, you see them um, pop up more than once in various folders because they're they're numbered from zero to nine, and then A, B, C, D, and yeah, so on. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so, are um, your are your parents smartphone users now? Uh,
4: they are. I'm, I'm the one that mainly um, does all that sort of stuff for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it's something that I put off all the time because it's such <laughs> a big um, it's such a big task to go through it, and that's why I'm trying to find something that will make it easier. Because, um, yeah, when I look how big's your
1: family, mate? What are we talking about? You know, siblings and grandchildren and all that kind of stuff. What's happening in the family?
4: Oh, um. Just in the immediate family, there's only five of us, yep. two parents, three siblings.
1: Okay. So I, I think you should do a, a solid for your parents here. And I think it, it is one of those things you could easily put off. But um, I want to I wanna do something that will do partly what you want, but then things you haven't thought of. And this mm-hmm. is, for me, this is a transition to the cloud. So, and the, the upsell here, even if you need them to spend a couple of dollars a month on a Google Drive or something... Or you do that for them for you know Christmas or their wedding anniversary or something. <clears throat> um, the upsell here is future proofing. So, firstly, that that computer dies, you've lost everything. That's a disaster. Um, mm. secondly, the organisation, it's it's impossible to find photos. Thirdly, you got your duplicates, right? If you set yep. up a, a Google account for one or both of them, um, and pay for Google Drive, um, and just the two dollars a month or whatever it is, will get you the the entry level amount of storage. I pay twenty four a month because I want. Two terabytes of storage. I've got every photo I've ever taken um, is in the cloud. And the reason it's so amazing is because, firstly, on the duplicate side, there's a there's an app called, oh, they keep changing the buddy name of it, but I think it's called Google Photos Backup or something like that. But when you sign up for Google Photos and you go to their website, photos.google.com, there's like an option there to download their software. Now, their mm-hmm. software doesn't do anything on your computer other than send all your photos to the cloud. Now assuming they've got NBN and you know decent internet, then what you do is you tick boxes on every folder where there's photos, tick the boxes. And it it t- it might take a week, but it will upload all of their photos into the cloud. And Google will will remove duplicates. So when it's do du- it doesn't remove them. So all of my photos, like there's not a button I can press to remove duplicates. But the ones that you upload from your computer in this manner it will remove the duplicate. So that's a a slight benefit there of using that system. Mate, Mm -hmm. once those photos are uploaded to the cloud, give it a few days to think and search and look. It becomes the most powerful photo album you've ever seen. So this is a a first world problem example, but I had a bloke today tweet, um, you know, it was a guy in Perth. He said, um, "What's what's the craziest story you've got that no one would ever believe? And so I wrote back, John Burgess came to my wedding in Las Vegas. And he wrote back, Bull, I don't believe you. I went to photos.google.com. <laughs> you know what I did? I typed yeah. I typed John Burgess. And it showed me all the photos I have of Burjo. I found the mm-hmm. one of him at my wedding. I attached and I sent it. It took me one minute. If, yep. if my niece, Gemma, Tessa, Brianna, any of them, have a birthday, what does Uncle Trev do? Uncle Trev finds the most embarrassing old photo I've got of them because <laughs> I can just search their name. And so imagine this, and, and, mate, even if your parents aren't tech savvy, you put this in front of them, let alone on their phone, it's hugely powerful for them to be able to search for a person. Now, it doesn't automatically know who everyone is, but once it has scanned all your photos, kind of analysed them, it goes, these are all the same people, and, it's, and it groups them together. And it, So it'll all, put, all the photos they've got of you, Gareth, will be put mm-hmm. into a little folder and i will say, who is this? and you name it, Yep. and mate, it's awesome because when you have birthdays, wedding anniversaries, everything like that, finding photos is amazing. You can even now go, I want photos of Gareth and his sister, you know, you type her name. You can actually combine those things, combine searches and find photos. So you'll solve the problem of, of concern about the computer dying, house burning down in a fire, losing all your photos, boom, they're in the cloud. You'll solve the problem of organisation because they're organised by date, by place, by person. You can search for red car and it will show you all the red cars in the photos. And, of course, sure. it'll remove as many duplicates as it can. So I think it's a huge win for you, mate. Google Photos. Yeah, it's
4: it's it's something definitely to think about. Don't um, be daunted yeah. by
1: it, mate. You sound daunted.
4: Uh, it's not – no, I'm not daunted by it at all. <laughs> it's, it's more about once you put something brand new um, in front of them, it's yep. – it's like they're learning everything from scratch. Um, you know what you do. So here's
1: the great thing: that software sits on the computer, and and I don't know how they're getting their photos off their phone all the time, but just make sure that when you set it up, it constantly scans looking for those new photos. Um, mm-hmm. And if you need, so here's the other thing: if they're, what are they taking photos on? Just their smartphones, or have they got a normal camera still? Uh,
4: no, just if if anything, it's um photos on their phones or stuff that's been um, sent
1: to them. Yep. So, in the background, mate, you grab their phone. You say, Mum, I'm just going to do some updates here to your phone. You install the <laughs> Google Photos app. You log in, and it automatically uploads every photo they take from your phone. Yep. So, yep. mate, I use an iPhone. I use Android phones. I use all different phones, and, and it's the first app I install because every photo I take gets sent up to the cloud, and it's stored there and saved there. It's remarkable. So... Have a play with it yourself like don't tell them about it just do it and then Ooh. understand whether or not you feel value in it and then you decide whether you bring them into the into the circle of of trust on the on the new family photo library and here's the thing man you can share the library with your siblings you can have other people who can view it and contribute to it it can be a really powerful thing for the family
4: yeah I in the past used to use um Dropbox for that um, reason but um, until recently um uh, Mum was using um, an ancient phone, a uh, Samsung Galaxy S5, and, mm. um, and we recently put her onto um, an up-to-date model. Um, and yeah, a few years back, um, Dropbox stopped um, doing being the supported. upload thing. Yes, the, yeah. The, so. What they
1: call it? They, they call it camera or something. It was a whole folder. Because I was the same. I, I actually played both games. I had them in both places, but ended up that you know Google was was the winner in that race. And I think the you know there's always a nervousness because you know Google kills products often but they're making mm. money out of charging for storage on these things and that's how they do it and i don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon
4: yeah um well that definitely gives me an option of something to solve the problem good luck if it works i want yeah. to hear
1: about it. if it doesn't well i'm sorry <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs> yeah um i'm i'm not sure that i will necessarily go for that straight away but i'll definitely give it a try and, and it, it might win me over
1: Give it a crack, mate. Just give it a crack on yep. your own library, mate, and see how yeah. you like it first. All right, awesome. Gareth. Good on you, mate. Thanks for yep. getting in touch. Thanks for calling. Cheers, mate. Yep. No worries. You have a good uh, one. Yeah, Bye-bye. cheers, you too. And, um, you know, it's not easy. <laughs> I don't think I convinced him at all. Um, in fact, I don't think he's going to try it. But I, I just just try for yourself before you bring your parents into it. I don't know. I've <laughs> I'm yet to be uh, – obviously, there was the drama, I think it was last year, where they decided to change the – upload, original quality, all that kind of stuff, it didn't affect me because I was already paying for it because I see value in it. That's like saying, you know, they've started charging for my car insurance. Of course they do. It costs money. It's it, Yeah. Um, anything that's free, uh, don't rely on it. So if Google Photos was free and I was recommending it like that, I'd be like, oh, that's dangerous. But this is a service that's now a, a big part of their business. It's a, it's a service that they offer. So... Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan, as you well know.
0: Colin's on the line. G'day, Colin. Hi, Jeff. How are you going, mate? Yeah, really good, mate. What can I do for you? I thought I'd just let you know that um, the IQ4 box seems to be upgrading its software to allow people to use just the internet. Ah,
1: right. So we spoke before about, uh, you know, the concept of the IQ5 and... How if you've already got an IQ4, you kind of don't need to stress too much because it's going to get the update. It's going to get all the, the service. So you, have you got it or have you just heard that it's coming?
0: Well, I, I had saw somewhere on a Reddit post that someone had got it coming, so I had, had done it. Mm. So I just forced the update. Um, oh, how did you do that? The, I just remember, Hedge, I think you hold the power button mm. in until right. it goes um, flashes orange. Yeah. And then you press the power button three times. Yeah. And it's, um, if there's a new update, we'll do an update for you anyway. Yep. we we'll like to do the current update again or the new one. And then um, then I thought it wasn't working because I thought there's a guided setup part of the… Kind
1: of like when of you when settings. you buy a new TV, it kind of says, do you, you want to auto-tune? It does all those things, right? It's like an automatic wizard, yeah, so isn't it?
0: Yeah, it takes you through a guided setup, but it had at the top, it had satellite. Yep. I tried to change it to internet, and it wouldn't work. But then it said, um, just do you want to do a restart of your reboot of your TV? Yeah. I did that and it sort of got success.
1: So you had to un- unplug the satellite cables and kind of go through it again? Uh, yes, yeah, so and I then unplug
0: the satellite cables.
1: It, it realized there was no satellite. Then, from, it asked that for point internet. It took
0: about five minutes.
1: Yeah. And what have you noticed?
0: Not much. <laughs> so it wasn't any real benefit. <laughs> I just wanted to see that, that they got it right, that it works.
1: Yeah, yeah, because there's no new apps or anything yet, is there?
0: Sorry, sorry, Ted?
1: There's no new apps or anything, is there?
0: No, there's a little bit down the bottom of the. Um, they were promising new apps, like Amazon Prime. Yeah. But they don't seem to have arrived. There's a little bit down the bottom of the um, the guide. Um, That's changed. There's the guide or the library where it sort of says you coming coming upstairs. Yep, yep. Um, it definitely to, to it.
1: Well, I mean, you know, as I said, it's not not a remarkable difference. And if you've still got the satellite on your roof, oh, I mean, I, I don't know that I'd be getting rid of it, especially because it'll save no, you broadband, won't, won't it? You be know, rid of it. <laughs> until they and come my, knocking on the door looking for the satellite,
0: yeah. As I said before, I'm sort of going away for a couple of months and i might take it away. And, but I did ask them about that, and they said that you. Need to do a change of
1: service. Oh, so desk. you rang them and said, "Listen, I'm going to be away for a couple of months. Going to take my box with me," and they said, "You need to actually physically change the address of the service."
0: Yeah, and
1: then change it back again, mate. I'll but tell you right they, now, they, that's they rubbish. I
0: thought they had the IP address that they
1: would know. Oh, I don't believe that for a second. Um, no, not. IP addresses, like I, I, I sometimes come up as being in Melbourne. Um, you know, it's it's Australia. They can certainly tell whether you're in Australia. Let's be let's yeah, be clear. Yeah. But So if you took it overseas, no luck. could turn it to two
0: different IP addresses.
1: Yeah, but what? The the, but a lot of people don't have what we call a static IP. So if you turn off your modem and turn it back That's on true. again, you'll get a different IP address. Now, it'll be yeah. in the same range and with the same ISP, but they also don't know and they can't control whether you change internet providers. So here's what wow. I'd be doing. I'd be doing, Colin. I'd be taking it on holidays. It. And if it doesn't work, I'd say, what's gone wrong? And if they say it's because of your IP address, you say... I change internet providers.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, a little white lie is not going to hurt anyone, it's, is it? It's
0: always it's – always, I can always give it a go and see what happens.
1: Mate, a little white lie when you're paying – what are you paying for Foxtel every month?
0: Oh, about 120. I should be paying 140, you know. Jesus Christ.
1: Need... I'd run with a big white lie then.
0: <laughs> I've just arrived at my destination, Trev. All
1: right, mate. You have a good day and uh, thanks for letting us know.
0: No, just so I keep you up to date. See you, mate.
1: Good on you, buddy. And, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating one, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a good point, you know, if you've got the satellite, Jesus, I don't know why you'd know, need the, uh, the internet version. But you've got to remember it's not for that customer. It's for the cable customer that needs to convert to internet, and it's for the neither cable nor satellite customer who can now get Foxtel because of the internet version with IQ5. So the IQ4 update allows you to have that functionality if you need it or want it. And more importantly, it's about the software that, you know, will come with new apps and things like that. But for me, uh, you know, in our dining room, we've got Foxtel because we've got internet. We don't have a satellite connection there. We've got satellite on the roof, but it's in the lounge room, the the connection. So, and I think during the Formula One season, I'll bring the Foxtel box here to the office so that we can watch in 4K, maybe. Because we should really stream it on KO because they're great people. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Good on you, Colin. Thanks for getting in touch. This is the AFTR podcast. The uh, just a little update. Uh, I mentioned I was driving the Porsche uh, Taycan Cross Turismo. It's like a $450,000 car. Um, and I get that that's... You know, crazy, but it's also just inspirational. You know, it's such a beautiful thing, and I think that we should aspire to these things, right? And we should aspire that uh, other cars take on the the DNA of these vehicles, and they will over time. It will cascade down through the brands. But there's a lot going on in EVs right now. So We had the drama a week or so ago about Tesla releasing 15000 uh, as a sales figure for the Model S last year and then going, oh, actually, that was two years combined. It was actually 12000 last year. Um, but leaving that aside, we know that Tesla is by far and away the, the best-selling electric car in Australia, but we are very close to Australia's cheapest electric car launching. I can tell you that right now. Um, we are about to see... A Porsche Taycan competitor come from Audi. I saw it on the parked on the street in Los Angeles. Stunning bugger of a thing, the um the GT, Etron GT. Um, we're bloody well getting there. It's getting close, but we're still million miles away from it being a reality. So I'm just posing the question again for those that are not in the EV world. So don't ignore me if you're a Tethor owner. But what's the tipping point for you? When do you transition to electric in your household? What are the what are the ticks that need to occur? So for us, it's like our carnival. We, well, we probably got that on a four-year, five-year loan or somebody thing. I would have been checked, but, um, you know, we'll probably need to keep that for another bit after that because Harry will be 15, although Jacko will be 20. Harry and his mates, Vivian and mates, yeah, we'll probably still need a big car at that point. But, you know, the Mazda 2 will be, you know, being run around by all them P-platers. So I'd like to think that in two and a half, three years, I'll be in a position to throw another few hundred dollars a month at a car. You know, it ends up being about a thousand, doesn't it? But, you know, 500 to to 1000 bucks a month is a lot of money. But, you know, for a 30000 or $60,000 car, that's cool. So I think that, for me, it's price, first and foremost. And I've said all along. When there's a thirty odd 1000 dollars car, I'll... I'll do my best to consider it. I'm probably not in the position right now to do it, but soon oh, I'd really like to. Um, what what's the tipping point for you? Because what size does that car need to be? I can I could go a thirty. If I could afford it, I'd buy a thirty thousand dollar car tomorrow. Because our Mazda two is tiny, so I'm assuming it'll be a tiny car. So a tiny car replaces tiny car. But if you're replacing a you know Hyundai Tucson with a tiny car, that doesn't work. So is it all about price? Is it all about range? I was talking to another Taycan owner yesterday, um, said that they really need 500 plus Ks range for Australia. And I think that's probably true. Um, Price, range, and I think I need to see a much greater commitment on the charging infrastructure side. And I'm super, I, I love the idea that I can drive to mum's back and forth in an electric car, but I'm relying on there being no one else in Tamworth or Scone for the one hour that I want to be parked there to get a good juice out of it. That's, that's scary. So, you know, I'm just trying to understand how does the industry move forward? We've talked before about it, government incentives and whether they should exist. I don't believe they should. I don't think governments should be paying $10,000 per car just so the car companies can pocket an extra 10 grand. They should be working hard to bring their prices down. Uh, I think that's where the prices change, not governments, car companies. Fascinating time we're going through right now. We'll look back on it as being a very much a a dawn of an era. Um, And we've got a long, long way to go.
0: You're listening to the EFTM
1: podcast.
0: EFTM.
1: Thank you for listening. If you've got a tech question, go to the website eftm.com. Trevor Long taking your calls. G'day, Pete. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? Good, mate. What can I do for you?
5: Mate, I just seen an email came through uh, through an Apple um, link uh, about a Wi-Fi blaster um I, I have got your uh, mesh system in there and it's working fine and i'm just wondering whether this wi-fi blaster is an addition or it's a very similar thing to what the um, what, what appealed
1: is. to you about it what what, what kind of took I your just, eye yeah
5: you know, just just to get even more more distance on the wi-fi you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i work in the office next door to the house and it works fine and we got a direct link um with the cable but i'm just you know at, at certain points in the house it it just does disappear a bit, so anything I can do to extend it would be useful. Totally.
1: You know. So the thing I've had a look at the the thing you've looked at, and I'll be straight up with you. It looks like the biggest scam of us in my life. <laughs> okay. Um. And I'll tell you how I how I think that because I could be wrong, but you know, I look at there's all these Instagram posts they they share of you know people yeah. bragging about it, and yeah. they don't even look real. I mean, they yeah, look like okay. they've typed the text themselves, and what they're demonstrating is a Wi-Fi extender. Now, yeah, a Wi-Fi. Right. You,
5: you, what you, said, yeah. you, you would
1: have heard me talk about these. A Wi-Fi Correct. extender extends the the network that exists. As in, if it's a poor network, it'll extend a poor network. So, you've got an Orbi. Is it a two? Yeah. Is it a router and a satellite, or is it multiple satellites?
5: Two satellites.
1: Two satellites. So one yeah. one router and two satellites. Uh,
5: one router and. One satellite, mate. Sorry, yeah, yeah, right. one, yeah no, okay, one router okay. and one satellite. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, and and how? I mean, without being too fine a point, how big's your house? Oh, reasonable
5: size, four bedroom, two bathroom.
1: Yeah, two story it's or single
5: story? Single story. Yeah, single and wh-
1: story. Where is the modem? Where's the NBN coming? Right the house? in the middle of the house, basically. Okay, and and that's where obviously the that's where the, the router is. The router is, and where have you put yeah. the satellite?
5: At the moment, it's in where the TV is in the living room. So it's probably about. 10 metres away, 12
1: metres away, and 10 metres you, away. Have you tried putting it further away? Like, have you got cables coming out of the back of that into your TV and thing? We have now, yes. oh, Okay, right, okay. Well, that's why it's there then. Fine, fine, fine. I mean… But I thought, is that the way to go with that? the will be… The, so, that the Orby, I always look at it… Yes, absolutely, if you can, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But then… So, what you're sacrificing is by placing that next to the TV where it can get an ethernet connection, a cabled connection. Yeah. You're sacrificing potentially the the optimum positioning of the router and the satellite, Go because down. in reality you want to put the satellite as far from the router as you can without it being compromised, and that might be okay. 15 meters. It might be 20. Right. Um, yep. Think of think of it like um, too bright. You know when you shine two torches side by side, they look like two circles. Now, yep. if those if you push your arms further out, the circles uh, are not joined, and nice. therefore that's your router and your satellite. If you pull yep. them closer together, yeah, the the total area covered is smaller, but the more overlapping there is, the better the signal. But then you want to kind of pull them apart to a point where you're getting the most surface area with also the most overlap. It's kind of a compromise. And so what you're that just does testing
5: it, yeah.
1: Yeah, then you create this dome of Wi Fi over your whole home. Now, yep. is, the, is the dead spots, because you say it drops out in some places, is that at the other side of the house from the TV? Correct. The, yeah. Sometimes,
5: yeah, yeah. Um, and is that where is the that? office no, is as well? The, the office is further away from anything, but yep. I said I've got a, an internet um, a, a cable, cable it, there. Into the, yeah, that I take from the router, directly the, from the router. The so the
1: only, thing, the only other thing I would do to fill that Wi-Fi gap is, um, is look at getting... One of two things. Now, the first one's simple. The second one, a lot more complex. The first one is another satellite. You you, you can just buy another satellite. And you put that, again, you put that basically as far from the modem as you can uh, towards that office or those dead spots, and you'll create another one of those torch lights. And I think that's going to be a huge difference, massive difference. The other one is, and this requires a lot more technical savvy and research, but the thing you want to Google is Orbi as an access point so or Orbi via Ethernet because you've got that Ethernet cable down yeah. in the back house. Yeah. Well, I swear I've had this conversation with someone and I might have even asked Netgear, but I believe it's possible to use – so we, what we call backhaul is the – the. so those Orbis, if they're tri-band, there's three wireless networks, two of them your mm-hmm. devices connect to. The third one, yeah. it's exclusively for the Orbis to communicate. That's the backhaul. Yeah, right. That's the way your data from the TV gets back to the modem. If yep. you if you can if you can rig another satellite up with using Ethernet backhaul, you could put one of your satellites in your office. Got you. Yeah. So yep. I think that's what I would research. I haven't done it myself, mate, and I should because I've got a bloody Ethernet port upstairs in my hallway, yeah, in the cupboard, and a PowerPoint. Yep. I could do yep. this myself, but I just haven't. Yep. Um, okay. So that would be your. Absolute um, yeah. best case. So I'd,
5: I'd plug the the new satellite. there. If I wanted to test it in the office, I plug the new satellite into my Ethernet cable, which runs from the router yep. in the house, and then go off that one into the, my my computer in yep. the office.
1: So I'm going to I'm going to email you a link, and if anyone else wants this, they can email me, and I'll be overwhelmed with emails. But there's a large number of models that support wired backhaul, okay. and Man, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to read this now. I'm going, to, I'm going to set this up at home because it's going to, I mean, I don't have bad internet, but it's going to no. enable me to put the, I, yeah. it's, it basically enables you to put the, the, if you think of the satellite that's at your TV now, forget yeah. that one, and put that in your office, yeah. right? That could be your satellite and then you, that's, that's your two torch lights. I wonder, yeah. does the TV, if you unplug the satellite that you've got at the TV, yeah. unplug it from the power. Can yep. you get Wi-Fi on the TV? Okay, because if you uh, can buy a,
5: buy a Wi-Fi, yeah, okay. just, if yep.
1: you can see if your TV can see the router, the Orbi router that's next yep. to the modem, yep. then you don't need a satellite sitting next to it. Put yep. that satellite okay. out in the office, mate.
5: And I actually think it does, mate. Before I put it there, um, I think the router was in the kitchen. Before we hooked it up directly yeah. into the into the TV, yeah. and the TV still worked.
1: Might be worth having a yeah, play with fine. that because you might get better value out of that satellite until you go to the yeah. trouble of affording a new satellite. Yeah. Might be worth putting that satellite via wired backhaul into the office,
5: yeah. and it's called backhaul,
1: is it? Yeah, wired backhaul yeah. is is what you want to search. But I have in front of me. Um, I'm just going to search for your email so I can send it to you right now while we talk. Um, I have in front of me a, a link directly from uh, Netgear. Um, yep. that has the support link for wired backhaul. Um, sure. That'll get you started on making sure you've got the right models. And mm. then I believe you'll need to check firmware and different things like that, and there'll be a setup guide as well. Beautiful. Thanks, Trevor. Enjoy, that's mate. Good luck.
5: If, if you get it to work, let me know.
1: <laughs> Good man. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. All right, buddy. Cheers. Uh, I'll be your guinea pig. That's that's the way I operate. I, you know, it's a silly thing because, you know, the idea of the Orbi is that it's – and all, all of the mesh systems, you know, tri-band – Um, Wi Fi system, but you shouldn't need it if you've got Ethernet backhaul. So, could be a bit of a weekend project there for me. Um, I'm just thinking about, yeah, I think that will not solve problems, but it'll absolutely broaden our uh, our Wi Fi exposure. Could be awesome. All right, worth a try. Let me know what's happening in your world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Lovely to have your company once again here on the EFTM podcast. We'll be back again next week with more calls, more information, more news, maybe more interviews. Who knows what will come on the next episode of the EFTM podcast. But thank you for listening, and we appreciate your ratings, reviews, and all those things that you do that keep me uh, not awake at night. They keep me sleeping well because I know you're out there. I know you're listening. I know you're enjoying the show. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week.
3: EFTM.
1: This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM
0: Podcast.